For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Welcome, everyone, to WCW Retro. I'm your host for the evening, Papa Stro, the maestro of wrestling. Great to have you with us, as always, a wide, wide, world, wide west. <laughs> and no points in between a podcast right here on WCW Retro. This is a place to be, folks. We talk about past, present, future professional wrestling, but so much more. You never know what you can call it. It's half the fun. Uh, it's always an exciting time here on WCW Retro, as we reminisce a lot of great memories throughout the years. And tonight, our big topic will be what if. So we have we have a great what if scenario in wrestling history you'd like to share with us. Call in any time during tonight's live WCW Retro Podcast at 914-338-1885. Once again, that number is 914-338-1885. And before we get to the callers tonight and talk shop and what if, make a few announcements and shout-outs, if you will. First off, 
Uh, shout out to Masters of Ring Entertainment at mastersofringentertainment.com. Fishing with Special Friends at fishingwithspecialfriends.com. Uh, Lost in the Funhouse podcast with Greg Bro, Blondie, and Antler Hill. Check them out on YouTube. Just look, just type in Lost in the Funhouse podcast on YouTube search to find them. Uh, good, great people, as always. And a, a great podcast, a fun podcast with as well. Um, a shout out to Innovative Hybrid Wrestling. Uh, find out what they're up to at facebook.com slash IHW Wrestling. Uh, Cauliflower Alley Club. Uh, give them some love on their website, cauliflowerallyclub.org. Um, yes, and uh, for the movie and film news, we were truly Papa Stroh. Um, uh, the premiere of The Devil's Daughter. Uh, the Harlequin origin story, which I star as Dr. Jeremy Arkham, will be premiering October 30th uh, at the Golden Ticket Cinemas Twin in Lenore, North Carolina. And for more information on that, go to facebook.com slash Daughter, And the proceeds will be going to Gracious Hands, uh, a, a great organization that helps out victims of domestic violence. And we do a lot of great things to help people out that go through that. So um, uh, please check them out. Also, uh, it will be premiering also the day after Halloween online. Uh, so I'm really excited for you guys to check out the film. Uh, it, a lot of passion and work was put into making this film possible for you guys. So I'm looking forward to you guys checking out The Devil's Daughter coming in into October. Also, uh, a film that I'm going to be in that will be coming out pretty soon is called Hybrid. I'll be looking out for Hybrid soon as well as another horror film that will be out possibly towards the end of this year called Stench of Iniquity at stenchofiniquity.com. Uh, October 16th, I'll be uh, commentating uh, for Shockwave Wrestling's Olton Manson tribute event to the late uh, wrestling brother of mine, uh, Moses Manson, who unfortunately passed away this year. Um, and the proceeds of the event will be going to the, the family of Moses Manson, a.k.a. Daryl Hall. And if you'd like to contribute and donate, uh, go to their website at shockwavewrestling.com. Uh, you can make donations uh, through their PayPal Um I think it's feel the shock at yahoo.com. Feel the shock at yahoo.com. And for ticket information, uh, go to paypal.me slash shockwave tickets for that event. It'll be at the Craven County JC's Fairgrounds in Newburgh, North Carolina. But for more information on all the event, all I just said, and then some, go to shockwavewrestling.com for all the info. Um, also, uh, coming up uh, December 12th, I'll be returning to the Charlotte Comic Con at the Embassy Suites in Concord, North Carolina from 10 to 5 p.m. 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. We're looking forward to that. For more information on that upcoming event in December, December 12th, go to charlottecomiccon.com for more information. Um, and support all the great podcasts here on VOCNation.com. Uh, just go to viewsnation.com and look the times and dates of your favorite viewsnation.com podcast. And also support VOC Nation on Pro Wrestling Tees at prowrestlingtees.com 
backslash VOC Nation uh, and get your favorite VOC Nation T-shirt today, and uh, including one of WCW Retro and one of your truly Papa Stro, the full face of Stro. And speaking of Papa Stro merchandise, you, uh, Papa Wee merch is on sale throughout the month of October. Uh, go to my official merchandise website, thestro.com slash merchandise, and I have Papa Wee merch for all ages, including pets. So get your Papa Wing merch today. And uh, for, for all the wrap-up of my social media, go to uh, my official website, thestro.com, for the latest. Uh, Facebook at Stro the Maestro. Twitter at Sign the Stro. Instagram at Stro Maestro. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Stro Maestro. Uh, taking donations, call, you want to buy me a cup of coffee, tips, etc. Uh, thank you for those who have already donated. Please like to donate to yours truly. Donate to me through my PayPal at paypal.m is a Mary, E's and eat slash papastro. And all together is paypal.me slash papastro. Thank you in advance for your support. As that's, I am taking bookings. You'd like to catch me for your television or film event, uh, commercial endorsements, com- commentary, voiceover, a wrestling event, autograph signings, charities, interviews. Seminars, uh, you name it, radio, I do a lot these days. Uh, hit me up, stroforya at yahoo.com, S-T-R-O number 4-Y-A at yahoo.com. All together, stroforya at yahoo.com. And let's talk business. You'd like to be a guest on the upcoming WCW Retro uh, podcast, uh, hit me up too, wcwretro at yahoo.com. Let's get you an exposure, if you will, right here at WCW Retro. Uh, also, uh, I got so much in my mind today. Gosh, make sure I cover all the bases here. Um, also, uh, yes, like I said, just support all the great programming we got here on VOCNation.com. Always great events happening here on VOC Nation. And uh, support Eno uh, River Media. You want to know about uh, filmmaking? Uh, Eno River Media is where it's at. Go to EnoRiverMedia.com. E, that's E-N-O River Media. It's like it sounds. EnoRiverMedia.com. And uh, I've just been uh, elected as the vice president of Eno River Media. I'm very honored to be vice president now of Eno River Media. Uh, big honor itself. And uh, great bunch of people. Great to be on the board of directors for that fine organization. So, but uh, support us. EnoRiverMedia.com. And with that, we're going to take a, a quick commercial break. and we come back, uh, we'll be talking what if. So call in with your what if uh, scenarios. I'm, I'm dying to uh, check them out. And we'll lead in the commercial with some Midnight Express. Uh, be back in a few, folks. Stick with us.
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Wirtz. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirtz, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show. And recent guests have included General Adon, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter, at VOC Nation. Hola, this is your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, fill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern. VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights. 9 Eastern on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Hey, this is Total Package Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Since 2018, there's only been one program that brings you artists from around the world, both big and small, brings you the best in local talent, and hosts live events. 
Rock and Roll Union is all of that and more. With C.T. McManus, the lovely D, and new co-host Psycho Steve Preston, you're sure to get everything you need. So tune in Mondays at 6 p.m. for your one-stop shop for all things rock and roll. Rock and Roll Union, music worth fighting for. Check out In The Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Cassie Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Resnick. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have cried? Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, VOCNation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Welcome back to WCW Retro, guys. Great to have you with us as always. Uh, Papa Stroh here, and tonight we're discussing what ifs. So if you have a favorite what if scenario in wrestling history uh, that you'd like to share, uh, please call in and tell us all about it. 914-338-1885. Once again, that number is 914-338-1885. Let's talk what if, you will. And, uh, well, to get started, I'll, I'll give you a what-if scenario. And uh, this kind of coincides with the photo 
that was posted uh, advertising the what-if topic for tonight. Uh, Sting actually, what if Sting actually became actually became the WWE champion? And uh, I I feel that uh, it would definitely be a, a epic moment in history if that would have happened. And some of the uh, scenarios and some of the uh, possible dream matches that could have came from that. Um, especially one match that a, a lot of people have been talking about for a lot of years with uh, Sting taking on The Undertaker, uh, which would have been an epic. Uh, can you imagine Sting and Undertaker uh, for the WWE Championship of WrestleMania, for example? I mean, that has been totally epic. And uh, some of the possible... Uh, Dream matches uh, that could have came from Sting being the WWE champion, uh, like, like Sting and Roman Reigns, for example. Uh, uh, Sting and John Cena, right? Um, and and and, and uh, well, I mean, look at Sting and Randy Orton. Another, I mean, so many possibilities that that could have developed with Sting being the WWE champion, and. Uh, it's really exciting if you think about it. You know, you know, what if Sting had that run as WWE champion? So that's uh, I want to get you guys feet wet on the what if topics for tonight. So if you got a favorite what if topic you wanted to share with us, uh, call in once again nine one four three three eight one eight eight five nine one four three three eight one eight eight five. And lo- I love to hear your what if topics as well. We can talk about it right here live on the air. So uh, please call in. Um, uh, I, I think uh, here's another what if uh, scenario I'll go at you. For example, um, uh, years ago, back when Nature Boy Buddy Landell was on the rise with the NWA, uh, if he had kept up like he was going and had that potential showdown with Ric Flair of the Nature Boys, if you will. Uh, that could have changed everything. Uh, could have changed the whole dynamic with Magnum TA, the Four Horsemen. Um, a, a lot of structured stories going on with NWA would have been drastically altered if Landale kept that path to the top like he was on his way to at the time. Um, especially with him and a Nature Boy. Vying uh, for the nod of who's the best of the Nature Boys, using the Nature Boy moniker, if you will. Uh, so uh, that uh, that's something else to think about. Exactly, you know, what if Blay uh, Landell kept on on this rise to the top of the NWA years ago? Uh, you see, what else can we talk about here? Uh, uh, get those creative juices flowing, right? Uh, well, here's a topic for you. I was just thinking about that, uh, about this one actually earlier today. What if, now, that was Hogan the one to become the leader of the NWO, but actually it was Paul Nash and Shawn Michaels coming to WCW, uh, forming the NWO. Um, now that's, uh, <laughs> pretty wild, especially after the, uh, the curtain call, if you will, 
situation with WWE. You guys recall that in history. Uh, that that could have uh, changed the whole dynamic of the NWO in itself. Uh, can you imagine Shawn Michaels versus Sting, or uh, Shawn Michaels and Hulk Hogan encounter? Um, no, I mean, I'm just so so many interesting situations with that involved. But I just want to throw some what ifs at you guys. I want to hear what your thoughts on your what if uh, scenarios. Please call in nine one four three three eight one eight eight five. And well, well, we got a caller. Beautiful. Okay. It's the dreaded one 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 the Skype. <laughs> so it could be anybody's ball game, who whoever this is. So uh let let's find out who it is behind door number one, folks. <laughs> okay. Okay, one one one. Welcome to WCW Hey, Retro. how you doing, Samuel? Hi, hey is this Brian? Yes. How you doing? Hey, how you been, Brian? Doing okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing I'm doing okay. Uh, how how are you doing? Good, good, man. You, you sound great, man. Great to hear you in good spirits. Oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. My 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 mom's been having trouble with uh, just hurting her sides and everything. She thinks it may be diverticulitis again, but uh, you know, just just continue to keep her in your prayers and oh, absolutely. everything. Absolutely. And uh, but uh, yeah, I've well, been, Brian, I I've gotta, been, I gotta uh, tell you before we get started, man. You, you're the one okay. that made all this possible. With what if, man? You, you put the idea in my head, man. So here we are. What if, man? WCW Retro, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, me, me, and Justin had a short-lived show we did, uh, and we came up with the what if things, and so part of the what if I gotta give credit also to Justin, so. Uh, okay. Justin, if you're out there, <laughs> so, uh, but uh, I've got, you know, I've been thinking about this long and hard before I called in because I wanted to make sure I had a, I actually had a what if to talk about. So, all right, I've got three, I've got three what ifs, and uh, okay, I think well, they're very interesting. So, hmm. uh, the the first one is, what if Hulk Hogan? would have actually passed the torch to the Hurricane Helms, Shane Helms, in WWE, and Hurricane would have became the superhero taking Hogan's place and being the top babyface of the WWE and run wild on the universe. Now, that'd been interesting. And I don't don't think... uh... That that's a first. I, I I believe I don't think uh, many people have brought that up. But um, the the fact that Hulk Hogan would endorse Hurricane being the top babyface yeah. in WWE that's uh, that's pretty that's pretty wild actually. I you know what I mean because uh, at one time yeah. I mean I really thought that uh, with especially with his matches with The Rock and his interactions with Triple H and Steve Austin and everything I really thought thought at one time time that Hurricane was on his way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I- I did too. Whenever he threw the rock out of the rumble, and you know, and rock got mad, and so I mean, yeah. So I I really thought that you know he was on his way to the top as well. Uh, hmm. And that would have been interesting. And my other my next scenario is what if Hulk Hogan, Paul and Nash had never came. 
to WCW, and WCW would have never fired Sonny Steve Austin, Stone Cold, as everybody knows, would have kept Sonny Steve Austin, and Sonny Steve Austin and Brian Pillman would have ran roughshod over WCW Nitro as this new Hill faction, the Hollywood Blondes, and then they would have later added in uh, Big Van Vader and maybe uh, Rick Rude into the faction and then ran roughshod over Monday Nitro. You know, I, I really think, you know, you you, wanna, you got something there because uh, I think if, uh, like, if we haven't had it, if we never had an NWO or anything like that, that um, I, I, I think eventually the Dangerous Alliance would have gotten back together, but in a different form, in more or less like the form you were talking about, right? With the Hollywood yeah. Blondes and Vader, you know what I mean? Because that, I, I could see them being a, a super faction like that, and maybe, uh, you know, I mean, Heyman wasn't, you know, even without Heyman, I think they would have had a, another manager, a possible manager that could have carried the carried the helm. Yeah, yeah, they they could have, uh, they could, they could have easily had um, maybe. Teddy Long added in there, or I don't. I don't really think Jim Cornette would have fit in there because he was with the Midnight Express. Uh, right. You could have. You, you know. You could have. Now somebody that could have brought back, and it would have been good, uh, is Gary Young. You know yeah. uh, that managed uh, the Great Muda. Oh, Gary Hart. Yeah. Yeah, Gary Hart. Yeah, Gary Hart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gary Hart. Yeah, yeah. That would have been good. Yeah, yeah. And the other, the other, the other what if scenario I have, I don't Mm -hmm. think anybody's ever brought this up either. What if the Midnight Rockers of John Michaels and Marta Jannetty never went to the WWF? And left the AWA, never went to Memphis, and went straight to the NWA National Wrestling Alliance, and they feuded and had a simple threat tag team feud for several years with the Midnight Express and the Rockin' Express. I, you know what? I can see that. I can very well see that because the Rockers, I, they were so talented. I think anywhere they would have landed, they would have been hot. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, and you would have you would have had uh, you would have had each team trying to fight for supremacy, you know, because you had Midnight Express, Rockin' Up Express, Midnight Rockers, you had Midnight and both, you know, both, and then you had uh, Express. <laughs> so I mean, uh, you would have had them fight you know for supremacy. I, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. Every, every time the rock, uh, the Rockers would come out to uh, "Living After Midnight" by Judas Priest, man, I, I get so hyped, so pumped, man. What a song! <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they. I mean, they, they would get you motivated just like the uh, Ultimate Warrior would when he would come to the ring, even though, and they would also run to the ring as well, like the Warrior. 
you know. And right. uh, they would get you so motivated and into it and everything. So, I mean, that would have been fantastic as well. And uh, just, just, just like another, the Express, the Midnight Express, uh, the Rockers, both Marty Giannetti and Shawn Michaels were so skilled, man. Yeah, they 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 really really were. And uh, Shawn Michaels, you know, he credits uh, Ricky and Robert for helping him to get into the business. You know, because mm-hmm. they... They rode, they rode around a lot together, you know, up and down the road and traveled and everything. Right. So I much mean, history so, there. Yeah. And we're being joined another, by... Um, okay, go uh, ahead. We're actually, we're, 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 hold that thought. Hold that okay. thought, Brian. We're being joined by Steve, uh, Professor Steve. How you doing, Steve? Welcome. Let me see the retro, brother. <laughs> oh, I'm doing good. Just uh, trying to get ready, trying to wake up. Um yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. That, uh, the show a little bit late, but um, I, oh, I it's all right. Great to, to have you. Uh, yeah, good, one of my what ifs is one of my what ifs is what if Great Muda came into WWE after 1990, after uh, 89 Ooh. leaving uh, his first run in WCW. Oh man, oh gosh, and and gosh, can you imagine the matches he could have had with like. Bret Hart and the Shawn Michaels and oh my God, Undertaker, oh, Undertaker Mr. came into the so yeah, Taker, uh, Kurt Hennig, oh man, the some oh man, can you be amazing? <laughs> yeah, especially uh, a young Shawn Michaels or or uh, Bret Hart, that would have been epic as well. Um, yeah, I know Mood had uh, many appearances and. Uh, WCW over the 90s, but it would have been uh, cool to have seen what he could have done in that uh, either early to mid uh, WWE. Imagine, like, even uh, even if he was around for Bob Backlund's return, like, he'll Bob oh. Backlund versus Muda, or they could. It just would have been interesting because Muda probably would have been uh, used as a villain. But he probably would have gotten super popular with uh, kids, you know, like Jake Roberts. You know, Muda. I, I keep every time I watch that match in Japan with Hogan and Muda, I, and I'm thinking how great that match was. But man, can you imagine if that was in the States, seeing the Muda and Hogan match? And oh god, what what a match! Oh yeah. Yeah, Hogan and, stepped up on, on that one, and I, I was surprised he was doing insecurities in that match. I was like, blown away. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, he, it. he did moves that he ain't normally doing. Uh, I think that uh, me and Steve had the same thought, because that was actually the what-if moment I was going to give you. I was just going to say, I was just going to add oh, to I figured, that. I figured we were on it. What if, I figured we were saying yeah, Brian, go ahead. Yeah, you did. Oh, I was just going to say um, that what if, uh, you know, when, when Muda come over there, because I was going to say the same thing as Steve did, but I was just going to say it would have been neat to see him and the Ultimate Warrior have to do. That would have been good. Oh, that would have yeah, been interesting because yeah. Warrior yeah. Uh, was a crazy character, so to see those two <laughs> just interact, not even just wrestle, just interact, would have been interesting. <laughs> can you imagine? 
seen a, a match in WWE during that time of Muda versus uh Oh God. Um God, I had my, had his name in my head and I I just slowly slipped my mind. Uh Akushi, I think. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. That that you know, that's funny you say that because that actually uh I mentioned that when I went to uh a uh Connor Ed and Bruce uh show. I was like, Hey, uh since, you know, Takushi versus Undertaker happened in uh Japan, you know, um why how come like Great Muda never like uh had a match with Taker come in because like Muda versus Taker would be my dream match in WWE for sure just because the characters and right. uh, told me that Muda didn't show any interest and maybe maybe that's true but one of the things I read it was Muda was considering in like the early 2000s but maybe Muda just had too much popularity in Japan at the time for him to right. want to sign WWE but it's Interesting what it. I did some I shows. Think, you know, I did some shows while Kushi uh, overseas, man, and I, I was such yeah. a fan that I, I would literally stay. Oh yeah. The, the watch his matches, and and it, I mean he was a great guy, but I, I was such a fan of his of his work in in the ring. Was just he was amazing. You know they gave they gave Kushi a manager. I don't know why they couldn't just do the same thing with Muda. I mean they had Jim Cornette. You know, manage uh, Yokozuna. I'm sure. You know, at right. that point, I'm sure they would have put somebody up with Muda, like maybe bringing Gary Hart. There was rumors of wanting to bring him in, but and I don't think it ever happened. <laughs> Can you imagine Johnny Polo, aka Raven, managing Muda? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> that 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 would have been an interesting thought. Oh wow, that's that's so wild. <laughs> it's uh, that's another scenario. What if Raven didn't leave WWE to go work ECW and just you know kept producing or kept working as Johnny Polo? I wonder like yeah. would would he have gotten fired at some point or would he just went to somewhere like an ECW or a Ring of Honor and eventually made Raven, but what if he'd, like, pitch Raven to them there? That was, you know, what if, like, right. it just didn't go as planned, like, didn't go as well as, you know, it would have in ECW. But, uh... It's funny, it's funny to see that, Steve, because, uh, uh, on, on Cornette's, uh, uh, podcast uh, this this past week, he was talking about uh, CM Punk's comments on how the more older he is in the business, the more he appreciates Bret Hart's work in the ring as being, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, he understands Bret Hart's, uh, respects Bret Hart's work a lot more nowadays, <laughs> you know what I mean, being older in the business. Mm-hmm. And Cornette, Cornette was talking about how... Uh, Certain places like Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and some like example, uh, could outlast the test of time because ECW was great for its time and era, right? With the grunge yeah. period and everything, but it, it 
now if nowadays if you try to put something like that out there, it wouldn't get over as much as it would have back during that like the nineties when it was at its peak, right? Whereas other promotions out there going right now, at not like now for example, would have uh would have gone strong in any era just because of you know, the the way their style was and you know, I mean and they were talking about how Brett's style was uh one that can go with any generation. That that sort of thing. So I just wanted you should bring that up because uh you know you know, if that would have happened, I mean, he, we we still, I, I feel like we still would have seen a Johnny Polo. <laughs> you know what I mean? He probably would be going to the WWE Hall of Fame as Johnny Polo at this point. Yeah, it's interesting if, if he hadn't uh, recreated himself in WWE at some point. Um, maybe, maybe in the Attitude Era, you know what I mean? If he stuck around that long. Oh, yeah. Um. I've I've got another what if scenario. Yeah, go ahead. What okay. if what if Memphis Wrestling got a prime time TV deal and they they aired on uh, let's just say they aired on the UPN Channel Sixty Nine before it was the CW Network. And let's say that, that they had a, they had they had the uh, Moon Dogs, Rex and Spot, which were a very well known tag team in Memphis, very good, come out there with the bones and all that, and they wanted to get in ratings. So the Booker at that time, I'm guessing, was Jerry Lawler, and Lawler calls up and he says, "I got a brand new tag team coming in here to fight the Moon Dogs." We're gonna we're gonna have about a two or three month feud. We're gonna keep it going. And the new tag team that comes in there is none other than the Macho Man Randy Savage and Cactus Jack. Could you imagine that against the Moon Dogs in a feud? Oh, that'd be great. But I, I guess it would all have to coincide with the timing. Timing would have to be everything with that to to happen. Basically, and um, you know, and and a lot during Savage's prime, you know, Mick was still kind of going through the ropes, if you will, for Dominic yeah. and all that, right? So, but uh, yeah, that, if that would yeah. if that would have happened, gosh, I, I would love to see that match myself. Uh, that match would be so wild. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? It They'd be all over the arena. Yeah. A lot of bones. <laughs> Hotel. You know, one time Memphis had a, a almost had a big national deal going with AWA, if you recall. Um, that they had to, that's back when they had the matches with uh, Von Erich and Jerry the King Lawler, and it was uh-huh. like a AW, it, it was like a, a combination AWA Memphis uh, World Class Championship Wrestling. They all kind of came together for the the super cards, if you recall. Yeah. Is that the superstars of wrestling that Bonnie Blackstone and Joe Petrosino hosted? Yeah, yeah, they're part of oh. it too, yeah. Okay. I know they had a super, the super class that Lee Marshall always announced that for AWA. Yeah, yeah, he was doing that before he went to WCW. Yeah. 
did the whole on the road with Lee Marshall bit, and he, and he had to like to deal with uh, Kellogg's doing the voice of Tony the Tiger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, forgive me if this has been mentioned earlier, but was no, Sting had left TNA ten ten years prior, or what if he came in right after the WCW purchase, or after his contract runs out with WCW? Oh man, I, I see that that baffles me, and I, maybe it's because the fact that Sting was still a little hesitant about going to WWE at the time. Because right. We talked about that in interviews before, but. Gosh, you know, situation. I, yeah, because you know when when WCW was purchased by WWE and they brought in the stars they had, and I'm thinking there were certain ones left out. I was like, wait a minute, why? <laughs> you would think if you bought the company, you would go, you know, showcase the top of the line. You know what I mean? But we didn't see like we didn't see the Diamond Dallas pages. We didn't see the stings or the flares and all that until like later on. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think that was definitely a timing issue with WWE and having not being able to purchase their contract because people didn't want to, they were still getting paid by the Turner network just to sit basically and not oh, yeah. wrestle elsewhere. So it's so interesting. What if they had, uh, have they but, waited you know, to relaunch WCW like they did with the ECW? You know what? It worked years out later. for some, some stars, WCW stars. It worked out for, you know, Gregory Helms. Worked out for him. And, a few, you know, worked out for a few oh, of them. Yeah. But... yeah. It's, um, and eventually Booker T would have success later on. But, right. Um, um I think what I think the the straw that broke the camel's back of Vince was the Buff Bagwell match, I think against Booker T and and I heard uh, a what if if that match had been uh, the week later. I think they were supposed to be in Georgia or something or some territory like some state where they still used to run. So it's mm-hmm. interesting what if it had. Uh, had that, uh, I think it was Booker and uh, Bagwell match had gotten had gone better. What if Vince right. didn't lose his, uh, you know, his patience and not ask the WCW run? Because I mean, there was I'm sure there's rumors about Vince wanting to start up Nitro again as a second brand. Yeah, second or third. See, I. I, I really thought that was going to be the game plan at one point, but <laughs> I, I guess uh, it was kind of cha- that time was kind of chaotic, if you will, because uh, as, as bad as as badly looked, you know, frowned upon as the invasion angle was, it, it the paper you did great not bad business is what I heard, just from mm-hmm. the uh, you know the you know people that were involved in that. And just right. you know the the reports at the time that I've heard just on you know discussion podcasts basically like invasion did did well even though uh, even though there wasn't as much star power there as there could have mm-hmm. been had you know 
some of the big players been in. The the Maiden peer review I heard did well financially. Right. You know, if they would have, even with them purchasing WCW, you know, I, I really I felt the time they, sh- even though they had bought ownership, they should I felt they should still continued the, the separation, right? You know, still have your nitros and thunders and have your raws and smackdowns, whatever, right? And then like every ever so often have a pay-per-view, you know, where you could have like a, a showdown, showdowns, if you will, of WWE versus WCW, et cetera, right? I mean, I really thought that was going to be the plan, but I guess <laughs> not. Not long term. Yeah. But, you know, gosh, but if uh, if things were different, like you know, we, some of the scenarios we just mentioned, uh, it, gosh, it, it would have made even even the invasion angle so much more interesting. Agreed. Brian, did you have any more with us? He had uh, Brian has dropped off. Hopefully, he'll call back in. Um, okay. So I'm hoping he'll drop back in because uh, he had, he brought up some really good points. Um, but if you got you got any more what if you'd like to share, feel free. Yeah, just um, that whole uh, Sting mention I mentioned there, you know, that that Sting with it earlier. Like, what if he'd come in and just had matches with the Prime Undertaker or Shawn Michaels? Ooh. That that would have been a big one for me. It's, it's like is it like if he didn't go to TNA Impact, he just go to WWE. Yeah. yeah. After you know WCW purchased, yeah, oh yeah, that would have been uh, wow. That's been tremendous. I got a big uh, Japan. What if what if Shibata hadn't headbutt Okada the way he did? And then ended his uh, New Japan career. Oh yeah, that was a huge. That was a huge match for him to go out and finish his career on. But that right. just the headbutt alone probably caused his you know early you know hiatus or retirement. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. What I, if, you know, uh, I, 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 I feel the same yeah, way about Bret Hart. If uh, if Goldberg didn't give him that kick, I, I really feel that Bret would still be working in some capacity today. Oh, yeah. That's a shame, too, because Bret Hart could have had some great matches in WWE after that WWE run, and Bret mm-hmm. on the Indies would have been great if he hadn't returned oh, yeah. to WWE. Like, Bret and Could you imagine Bret right in great. AEW? Can you oh, imagine yeah. Brett and AEW? Like, uh, can, can the part-time thing, like Sting's doing, like you know, maybe he com- comes out with some of the younger talent? Kind of like with yeah, Sting and Darby? Yeah. Yeah, that would have been good. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, I, I had to go take my medicine, and while I was taking my medicine, my phone says, your Wi-Fi may drop, your Wi-Fi is low, and it's weak. I thought, what? 
And so I clipped Wi-Fi off, thought I'd go to mobile data, and it hung me up. So. <laughs> well, it's all right. Glad to have you back, man. Yeah. Well, was, speaking of Brett, here's a thought for you. You know, a lot of people, as as mentioned, you know, a, a, a dream pairing, if you will, of Cornette and FTR. But can you imagine if Brett was the guy, like, say, after Tully, they ended Tully's run managing FTR, uh, having Bret Hart would be the one uh, escorting FTR to the ring, kind of being their mentor. And knowing the history of uh, Dax's, Dax Harwood's uh, uh, passion for uh, the Hitman, I mean, that would be just, uh, that'd be amazing to see Brett with uh, FTR. Yeah, FTR, huge fans of Brett Hart, and they've done the heart attack finish, too. Um, I would have loved to have seen a FTR. Uh, Heart Foundation match. Ah, oh, can you imagine? In an alternate timeline, yeah. Oh, that's been tremendous. Especially, you know, maybe if, like, during the Heart Foundation's latter years, seeing the Heart Foundation FTR match or feud, oh, man. Or even, you know, I got... Better yet, they're both in their primes. <laughs> oh, my God. You know? I, I got a big what if. What if mm-hmm. I got I got a twofer. What if Brian Pillman and Kerry Von Erich didn't have their car accidents, their automobile accidents? Oh my gosh! How uh, longer their career could have been? Oh, can you imagine? I know. Both I know Kerry was still guy, able. To, I know Kerry was still able to work with you know just the one foot, but he was limited by that. And Brian Pullman yeah. turned the same way. He was limited by his leg injury and, and pain. Right. I would love to have seen a match with uh, Kerry Von Erich and uh, Jeff Hardy, man. Oh, yeah, man. That would have been good. Real good. Or, or Brian oh, yeah. Pillman. Or Brian Pillman and Jeff Hardy. Can you imagine? Yeah, both of them are great. The loose mm-hmm. cannon versus the Andy Enigma. Oh, and yeah. Jeff, I is a pretty, Jeff is a pretty odd guy, so he might turn into Willow at some point and get the loose cannon. That'd be a pretty uh, interesting meetup between Hardy and Pillman for sure. Brian, and, and can you imagine? Can you imagine Hardy and uh, Darby Allen? Oh my God! Oh yeah. That'd be cool. I got. I got a very big what if. Okay. And I, I don't believe this what if has ever been brought up whatsoever anywhere. What if back in ECW, the original ECW, when Paul Hayman was in charge, you had Tommy Dreamer, Sandman, RVD, Balls Mahoney, Axel Rott, and Shane Douglas, all these ECW guys. Shane Douglas was a world champion. He's in the middle of the ring out there with Francine. They're out there talking, and Shane Douglas is going off the mouth. He's out there with Candido and Bam Bam Bigelow, the triple threat. He's bragging about how he's the best, and he's the ECW world champion. He's a franchise ECW. Nobody can beat him in ECW. All of a sudden, the lights go out, and up in the rafters, there's a man called Sting 
that points a bat down at Shane Douglas. And Shane Douglas looks and goes, oh, my goodness, what's he doing here? And all the fans start yelling and going crazy. And then Paul Heyman comes out and says, hey, Shane, I just want to let you know we're going to find out who the true franchise is now because Sting is signed with ECW. That'd be interesting. And, you know, what's so interesting about that, Brian, I attended, actually, uh, when Worlds Collide, big event with ECW uh-huh. versus WCW uh, some years back and uh, at the ECW arena. And the main event, uh, they had, like, Kevin Sullivan was there, Jimmy Snuka, uh, uh-huh. JT, JT Smith, uh, the Atomic Dreamer was there, the Blues, uh, Bruce Brothers, uh, Shane Douglas. And the main event for that uh, show was, uh, I think it was Sabu. Yeah, Sabu and Terry Funk versus Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton. Uh, what a match. Oh, my God. Oh, what? What a match. Wow. It was amazing. Just amazing. Wow. Oh, yeah. Uh, I tell you, you know, I I really wish that, uh, I really wish that, you know, before, you know, back in Bobby's prime, you know, before, uh, before he passed, you know, I, I really wish that they would have, Giving Bobby a uh, run with the, I mean, I know he got a run with the TV title and beat Arn Anderson, and that that was awesome. But you know, I wish that uh, he would have had a run with the world title. I mean, I I know one time that you know Goldberg had mentioned he wanted to beat him in a dark. He wanted Bobby Eaton to beat him in a dark match, and Bischoff said, "No, I'm not going to do that." But you, you know, but uh, you know, I I, I really wish that you know what what? You know what though? I, I, I Rick Flair had a deep love and respect for Bobby Eaton. I, I really feel that Rick Flair would have gladly dropped the title to Bobby. Because he loved wrestling him in the ring. He had that, he had so much respect for Bobby. Wow. So yeah. since you mentioned that since you mentioned that, even Goldberg wanted to lose uh, his streak to Bobby Eaton. And the right. office, you know, told him no. Yeah, that was the only thing holding Bobby Eaton back from uh, becoming champion was the office. I mean, the boys, the uh, the boys so respected uh, Bobby Eaton. I mean, Regal, Regal respected him. Uh, Flair, Goldberg, I mean, all of us did. Heck, we all love Bobby, man. I mean, I'm, any anytime I was in the ring with Bobby Eaton, I knew it was going to be a good night. <laughs> I was excited. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Uh, we're oh, eight four three area code. I think this is. Uh, let's see who this is. We could be anyone at this point. I know a lot of people eight four three, but here we go. Welcome to WCW Retro eight four three. The better looking one, not Velvet. <laughs> the better looking one. <laughs> okay. Hey Tim, welcome back, brother. How you doing? Doing good, man. <laughs> I awesome. did not want to miss back, tonight dude. for nothing. Because what if? Oh man! Oh man! What if, so man. many scenarios. You ain't lying. We're just talking about you know what if Bobby Eaton become world champion, man. Beautiful Bobby. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine? Mm. Yeah, him him with the TV title was awesome, but man, <laughs> yeah, so much so much more. Um, I mean, yeah, we're talking about uh, how Ric Flair, Ric Flair, and uh, Goldberg and uh, Regal and some of the greats. All felt that you know Bobby should have been world champion, and the only thing held Bobby back from being champ was the office. 
You know what I mean? If mm-hmm. it were up to the right. boys, Bobby Bobby would no doubt, hands down, be a, a champ, world champion at some point. <laughs> well, speaking of the office, my what if, what if Shane legitimately bought and ran WCW, you know, and ran it like Vince did, you know, the WWF or WWE? You know, Tim, we were just talking about that, man. And I, I, was, like, <laughs> I was hoping, like I was talking with Steve and uh, Brian about what I was hoping uh, – I was hoping that was going to game plan. I hoping that Shane would have kept WCW on the Nitros and Thunders and ha- separate from the Raws and SmackDowns. And then, like, every once in a while on the pay-per-view, they would have an actual, you know, showdown mm-hmm. with WWE versus WCW. But that never transpired, so. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, well, e- even now, um, you know, what if, you know, what if WWE would allow – the fourth water. Hey, I got a word out for Shane. Okay. Yeah, because... What if uh, Shane McMahon had convinced Vince McMahon to buy the UFC? Hmm. That was like a real thing that Shane wanted Vince to buy the UFC and um, I'm not sure what year, but, you know, that would have been interesting because I'm sure that was before USC got bigger and before it got, you know, more regulated and uh, accepted <laughs> nationwide, but... We would never have had a Dana White. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my it's God. Like, Can you imagine? I mean, eventually, Vince, you know, brought in guys like Ken Shamrock and Dan Severin. Like, I wonder if he would have cross-promoted more USC fighters into, into pro wrestling like he did in the Antutera. era. That'd have been cool. Can you like wonder what kind of gimmicks he would have gave, or like if he would, if he had brought in a Gracie, like a Hoyts or a, somebody from that? Family. <laughs> oh God! I've got a I've got a shame, man. What if as well? Okay. What if shame man were to shock the wrestling world? And join AEW legitimately and go against McMahon. I think I'm not sure if he's still under contract, but there's rumors about him not being under contract right now. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I've heard that left, as well. He's left WWE. He's left WWE before to do international business, I think, in China. But that would be really interesting if he competed against. Vince, I, I don't think it's likely, but um, talk about could. our family rift. <laughs> yeah, I mean, could you could you imagine though all the you know all these years ago when Vince was sitting in that chair and he had NWO spray paint on, he turned around the storyline and he said, he said I he said I'm I, I'm gonna kill my creation. The creation I created, and, and <laughs> the then, yeah, as a poison, <laughs> yeah. and then Shane, and then I Shane were to actually go over to AEW, and then legitimately put his dad out of business. Could you imagine that? I mean, could you imagine the family warfare? But the only thing about Shane McMahon uh, check checking hands with Tony Khan—that'd be interesting to see. Yeah, it would be. But see, the, <laughs> the only thing about it is, though, can they trust if if a man came to AEW, can they trust a man 
not to tell the rest of the man's what's going on and then to give the insights. Because they could come there as a planted seed and then end up messing up the whole thing. I think Shane would be a fan of the American Top Team right now, uh, being an AEW, because that's kind of like yeah. their version of, oh, of yeah. what I was talking about with the MMA crossover. Mm-hmm. Oh, like like the underground stuff he started not too long ago. Yeah, Ron Underground. Right. I yeah. Think, yeah. I think it was like, kind of reminded me of GCW Bloodsport, that Josh Barnett promotion. And, uh, I think it would have been an interesting concept, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's like, you're not going to get great matches out of that. You're just going to get brawls, really. I think you can uh, be used to say that. Way, but, yeah. Right, yeah, because it, it reminded you when Raw Underground came, it reminded you back in WWF, the Brawl for All. Right. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, you know, that didn't turn out good. You know, you know, there's documentaries on that. You know how mm-hmm. the offer all didn't do good back then. And so yeah, what if that's a big one? If what if the brawl for all didn't happen, and or what if they fixed the brawl for all, like legitimately mm-hmm. fixed it and had, had Steve Williams beat Bart Gunn in the finals, and then that way you wouldn't have to punish. Uh, you know, Bart wouldn't have any heat. Williams wouldn't have been hurt. What if mm-hmm. they fixed the brawl for all? That would have been a what if for me. Here's here's another what if. What if <laughs> and and boy this is crazy. What if they have all four of these gentlemen in the ring at the same time and they cut a promo? CM Punk, Dan Lambert, MJF and Jim Cornette. Well, three of those well, can likely happen. Yeah, yeah, three of those well, can, you know. Uh, and, and Cornette's not too far-fetched with the – I really think they can get Cornette to do something like that if, if the timing's right. <laughs> and also, too, depends on where they yeah, do it. Tony Khan, he, you know, he's a, he, he come up said he's a fan of Cornette. And he owes Cornette a lot like- for his interest in wrestling business. So, I feel like Dan, yeah, Lambert, I feel like I feel like Dan Lambert is like the Jim Cornette of the show, where he's just yeah, uh, yeah, he AEW and oh, he's great, man. I love I love Mister Lambert. Yeah, man. he's awesome. And you, you know, FTR's got new uh, theme music for the uh, Midnight Express now, in honor of them. I, I think Jim could do I think Jim. I think Jim could do a one-off or a pay-per-view, like manage FTR in a big tag team match. That just depends if Jim wants to come in or not, but that would be my what if a Jim if he comes in is managing FTR like a one-time deal. But even if we just get part of that with MJF and CM Punk in a promo battle, that would be epic. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think they're going to face off at some point because uh, MJF kind of – He's he's similar to a Piper, and Punk is a huge Piper fan, so I could see that happening at some point. Punk and MGF, they small. 
especially with MJF attacking uh, Darby Allen. I think Punk would want to back up Darby and, and that and get against uh, the Pinnacle. Exciting possibilities. <laughs> they could do a tag team match with uh, MJF, Warlow versus Punk and Darby. That could be one situation. Mm-hmm. Here's here's another what if scenario. What if Magnum TA was never in that accident and Magnum TA made a shocking return to WCW Monday Nitro and Magnum TA ended Goldberg's streak? Well, I think if he hadn't been in the accident, I think he would have been NWA champion. Oh yeah, uh, at some point because he was oh, he was yeah. being groomed to be the champion. Yeah, it it was definitely going to be him and Starcade that year. I don't think Magnum would have beaten Goldberg Street, but I'm sure Magnum would have been a bigger star had he not got injured in that that car accident for sure. Mm-hmm. I had the chance to meet Magnum at a convention, and uh, it's pretty cool that he's that you know he's from Virginia. Um, I would oh, love by the to way, see Magnum and Tully feud for the world title. Actually, as good as their U.S. title feud see... was, <laughs> that would have been cool. Yeah, sure. Did you see? Did you see the news recently that AJ Lee is producing Woman of Wrestling with the and Tessa Blanchard is working with them? Yeah. 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 What if AJ Lee? What if AJ Lee makes the in-ring return? I know she's got a bad neck, but. You know, what if they're... They said she was going to be a uh, commentator on there. So that'd be interesting. Yeah. Can, you, can you imagine if she was the manager for Tessa Blanchard at some point? <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. That would be amazing. Man, oh, AJ being the voice, the voice for Tessa, man. That'd be wild. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, that uh, that in itself could uh, have some possibilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what if what if scenarios you guys want to mention? Uh, what if? Our truth shows up on AEW and confronts Orange Cassidy. <laughs> what do you that, think? That would be pretty funny. <laughs> so, how, how do you think Orange Cassidy would handle handle uh, little Jimmy? <laughs> I, I I was just thinking that. I'm like, okay, now wh- or what if you know to get our truth over more back then when there was little Jimmy, you know, nobody there. But yet when he looks in when he looks in the mirror, a little boy shows up. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man. Oh. Oh, speak speaking Those two a little would boys, be priceless, man. Yeah. Last <laughs> night uh, on Dynamite, did you see the boy that CM Punk handed the shoes to? Oh, that was really cool. He was dressed like yeah. Orange Cassidy. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the that's the young man that I interviewed on the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm cool. a, I, I'm actually friends with him and his dad. I, I talked to him uh, last night. I talked to his dad. And his dad said, you, you know, it's really cool and everything. Oh, he had he had the Orange Cassidy look down, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they call him uh, Clementine Cassidy. Clementine. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, Clementine. I got a what if. Sure. <laughs> what if CM Punk hadn't gotten signed by UFC? What if he, uh, you know, gotten back right back into wrestling like a Ring of Honor or, a, you know, New Japan? Because I'm sure he would have really transitioned into that- an AEW. Yeah. Right. I'm a, I'm really surprised that didn't happen. <laughs> Honestly. Because I think Punk would have had a better chance if he had just worked amateur fights like Bautista did. He worked amateur fight. Yeah. <laughs> and even Brock, even Brock right away didn't go to UFC right away. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, it's cool that he got to try it twice, but it was just you know, didn't pan out well, and at least it let him to do in commentary. So he's got that gig if he wants. But it's interesting, like what matches he could have had if he worked at Ring of Honor New Japan, because at that you know before AEW that was the hot that was the hot promotion outside the biggest Ring of Honor New Japan. Yeah, you know I I think if uh, Kurt Angle didn't have the injuries he was dealing with, I think he would have had a good pretty good run at it. I mean, can you imagine? Oh yeah. Here's uh, a. I would love to see uh, Kurt Angle and Randy Couture in the octagon, man. Can right. you imagine? That's <laughs> a big one. Yeah. Oh my god. That was that would have been great. Um. Yeah, I think if Angle hadn't been hurt, having nagging injuries, I think he probably would have done it. Uh, because he did leave WWE in the mid 2000s, and I think had he, I think he could have done it before his TNA run. And if he had a part time, <laughs> yeah. if he had a part time deal with TNA, maybe he could have done it during that. Because Brock has done UFC fights during his WWE run, so um, yeah, that's <laughs> a big one. If like, and and you and for sure you, you got to consider too. If Brock, you know, Brock was huge, a big guy, athletic, strong. I mean, he had a lot, a lot of that going for him. You know what I mean? So that, you know, that kind of um, overcompensated for his lack of, you know, experience. Yeah, I think he did learn later. The collegiate background you know, definitely helped. Right, right. So, so that helps somewhat. Mm hmm. But yeah, Brock, Brock, Brock is like one of those rare bit athletes, man, that come along that, that could just uh, make an impact wherever he goes. You know what I mean? It's and amazing that's a, that. That's so so rare to have, you know what I 
and and Brock during that time in UFC, he had uh, diverticulitis. Like he had, you know, he had some health issues at that time. Like, what if a healthy Brock Lesnar, you know, had? What if he had been healthy during that whole UFC run? But he was able to yeah. defeat Randy Couture. So I mean, he did just defeating right. Couture and Mir, and just that's some big names that have gone through. That's better than most. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, becoming heavyweight champion is a pretty big accomplishment. Absolutely. Oh, go ahead. Who, who's uh, going to go next? I, Sorry. I've got uh, three more what ifs. <laughs> My, uh, you're pa- packing it on us. Lay it on us, man. <laughs> yeah. What What if the Vincent, the uh, Crystal Law incident would have never happened and the Vincent Man storyline? with his presumed character being killed off of WWE programming went through what what would have happened then? Who would have been the boss for the next few years on TV if there was no Vincent Man? It, honestly, I don't think if that wouldn't have happened to Benoit and other circumstances that happened afterwards, I don't think Vince uh-huh. wouldn't even have attempted to do something like that. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. just something that kind of culminated to that creative at the time, but I don't... I but think who Stephanie knows? would have been... I think Stephanie would have yeah. been the on-air uh, boss, but like, I, I just don't know what the payoff would have been if Vince... Because I mean, we have we had internet, and like Vince would right. still be working at the show, so we would know that he's like, you know, obviously doing a storyline. So <laughs> I, I, I just right. don't know what what that could have built to, what match that could have built to, or what conclusion yeah, that would have you know gotten. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. the 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 second what if I have is what if. One night out of nowhere on Monday Night Raw, Vince man's music hits. He comes out to the ring, he gets on the mic, and he says, legitimately, not storyline, he says, I just want to let all you fans know that I have sold the WWE, and the new owner is Nick Khan. When, you know, I really don't know what to say to that. I don't. I don't think I mean, Nick would own it. I don't think Nick would own it. I think he would still be working, but I don't think he'd own it. I think he would sell it to like NBC or Disney or something like that. That's just that's like okay. that's like McDonald's said they're going to sell their uh, franchise to run on McDonald's. No <laughs> Okay, and the the third the third what if what if the stalker of Sarah, the Undertaker's wife at the time in <laughs> WWE was not DDP from WCW and it oh, ended up Jeffrey being Donald. Papa Stroh himself. Oh God. Oh god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> really? Oh no! 
then he would have oh, he would have renamed Sarah Dorothy. I would have. I would never do that, Matt. <laughs> oh what, my God! What would you? Well, do? Why would I? Why would I be stalking Sarah for? I don't know. You know how bitch the man thinks. Unless you owe me money or something. I mean, what in the world? <laughs> oh. I mean, I haven't even met Sarah. <laughs> I don't think DDP did either. <laughs> <laughs> That's why when he was a big reveal, you got to be kidding me. If, uh... that, was, that was a stalker? Come on. You know, do you know as I soon as he started walking backstage with the mask on, I said, that's DDP. I can tell by the way he's walking. Mm-hmm. I was hoping, honestly, I was hoping it was the Repo Man. Because, man, <laughs> Repo Man can crack me up. Very docile? Oh, God, yeah. I'd have laughed yeah. my balls if it was very docile, the Repo Man. Being a stalker. Yeah. That'd been gold. Repo Man, Repo Man's got some, he's got some fandom that I don't think he knows about. Like, Simon from What Culture, like, is a big fan of him. and Yeah. I think people... Love Repo Man. Dick Repo Man years later. Now, it'd been really funny if it was The Godfather and the whole train. Oh, that that would have been hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Dick would keep a straight face. He'd probably be laughing (laughs) in the whole feud. Because they're they're part of that clique, that skull clique. Yeah. (laughs) Godfather and Taker. Yeah. I, I got a what if. What if Papa Stro? What if uh, what if Stro is Papa Stro in WCW? And not my Stro. That would have been good. I could have only hoped. Actually, that was like my original uh, uh, story I gave the office was the fact that uh turned the maestro into more of a fan of the opera type. Persona, you know what I mean, from the mm-hmm. actual fan of the opera story. Uh-huh. And uh, so eventually it was going to lead to that, to be honest with you, but it just never got to that phase. There, right before um, I left WCW, uh, there, it was leading to, actually it was leading to that because they were going to pair me with Daphne and uh, Crowbar. Oh wow! I think yeah, that would that would have been really neat. So I, I was hoping because I was in the road right. with them all the time. So I, I was like, when when that was brought up to me, I was like, oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But it just never, you know, <laughs> sucked. But yeah, I think you and Crowbar would have been a cool tag team, and I think even mm-hmm. good. I think in 2021, great opponents just for, just because of the vignettes. I'm a big fan of. Both of you and uh, Crowbar's vignettes, his vignettes on Twitter and YouTube were monochrome and very sophisticated, um, mm-hmm. you know, very villainous. So I think you two would have been a great uh, rivalry and a good tag team. Uh, and you know, that being part of this with um, Daphne and Crowbar, man, that, oh, God, I was so looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I would have liked been to. Too. And you know, I see, think... Um, not to cut you off, Brian, but uh, had had you been Papa Stro even earlier, 
I think you would have been a, an interesting fit for the Dungeon of Doom. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I talked I talked about that with Kevin, actually. And because uh, I've, I've known Kevin for, God, a long time, even before I got in the business. So, I mean, it's just like, I, I'd been totally down with that. It was cool because well, Jimmy Hart been, was part of it too at one point, and I'm just friends with Jimmy Hart from Memphis, so. Yeah, I was still doing anything right now. I think he was doing commentary last I saw. Okay. Who's Sullivan? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was doing uh, he was doing commentary for SWE when they were around, but, but SWE's been having some um, promotional problems. If you will, but it's still, yeah. still you know, yeah, he's that's, in the yeah, that's the last thing. I saw or heard of him was that, and yeah. then when I saw SWE, you know, had left or whatever, you know, I I figured, okay, you know, what, well, what's Sullivan gonna do now? So, oh, you'll still get work. But he's still, out, he's still he's doing, yeah, he's still doing indies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. What, I got I got I got a, I got a what if for that Dungeon of Doom. You know, you know how Hogan had that you know, that Phantom of the Opera look with the, with the black mask and the sword. What if Hogan yeah. had a what if you were Hogan's doppelganger at one point and you were doing the whole black outfit and you like confronted him and that that's your big reveal for the Dungeon of Doom is that you go after Hogan but you're dressed up in that black outfit like Hogan was at that time. I think that would have been an interesting way to be brought in. You know, I um, it almost it almost happened between Hogan and I, a few actually. We were, we were talking about that. Um which I was I was totally down with. And interestingly enough, um I almost got in a feud with Flair actually you know, Rick Flair. And it all stemmed and it all started it actually was starting to take place with, you know, David, if you recall. I was shooting the son, David, and and, and this was going to be oh, the big lead-in lead, lead to uh, mm-hmm. the feud with the old, you know, the dad, Rick Flair, where, uh, say, I was turned, I was going to be his illegitimate brother, if you will, and I was a love child, love child of Rick's that was abandoned in the theater, hence the name Maestro, <laughs> and I was looking for oh, revenge wow. against my dad, who left me alone years ago, that type of thing, and it almost happened, man. <laughs> man, that's a big one up right there. Oh wow. God, I was I was so ready, and and everybody was excited about it at one point, you know. But it just let a lot of things in the office, and just because I think because the office was like a revolving door at the time, people were coming and going like Grand Central Station, like we all we would have. Every time we turn around, we have a new boss, and they wow. want to do something different than the one before. And hey, uh, <laughs> you know. that would have been cool. Um, another another WCW what if. What if Ric Flair wasn't revealed as the Black Scorpion? What if it was Terry Taylor? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> imagine. Yeah, it's the Red Rooster. He's the... Because, like... <laughs> I mean, it, it could have been anybody. It doesn't even have to be Ric Flair, but one of the people I think that would have wanted to be Black Scorpion, I think, was almost, rumored to be Terry Taylor. Be, guess, guess, guess who it almost was? Al Perez. Uh, Al, oh, Al Perez. Al Perez. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He did play at one point. I guess he had a match with Sting at one point. Right. 
But Terry Taylor, back to Terry, I mean, I have a lot of respect for Terry. Terry, back in his day, he was awesome. Great wrestler, you know what I mean? And so, I mean, uh, like, I, I, one was, match I uh, saw with Buddy Landell was, like, one of the best matches at the time I've, I've seen was, was him and Landell. But this is back when Landell was prime, too, you know? Because Al, I don't think Al wanted to be Black Scorpion full time. I think that was just a one-time thing for him. But right. it would have been interesting if, if Al got revealed or somebody other than Ric Flair. Back when you know, back when I was Gorgeous George the Third, I almost became the uh, the antagonist, if you were, for Johnny B. Bad. Back when Johnny B. Bad was doing his thing, WCW, that almost happened. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, which wow. is, I, I was looking forward to that too, and, and Dusty was pretty high on it, but uh, then Dusty uh, took a hiatus. <laughs> the office, that kind of, you know. I was going to uh, mention three different uh, wrestling news uh, articles that out there. Um, Crow, speaking of Crowbar, Crowbar will be wrestling for uh, AEW Dark Evolution on Monday. Nice. And second of all, um, wow, the I didn't know that. Yeah, and. Second of all, The Rock said he will be releasing, and this ain't no what if, this is really true, said he'll be releasing his first rap song tomorrow. Oh, boy. Who, who's, who is this? What? The, the Rock. Yeah, The Rock. Who's <laughs> rapping now? Oh, yeah, wow. he's going to release a rap song tomorrow. <laughs> and third. He, he's calling the footsteps of Macho Man. I don't I don't no. know who this is. Maybe y'all do, but I don't. Y'all know somebody named uh, Martinez, Mercedes Martinez? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay, she well, well, she debuted for Impact Wrestling Night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I just, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I just read that, but she was, uh, I don't know who that, that is. Yeah, yeah I think she's she a good like fit there. She was like the OG member of uh, Retribution. And then she oh, left, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did she used to be in uh, Lucha Underground or something? Oh, yeah. No, I don't think so. Maybe she was, but I don't... No, I don't think she was... I didn't remember seeing her on there, but she used to be uh, yeah, independent yeah, for I years. I got Lucha Underground, no, but I'm, I, I okay. kept it in NXT. I'm sorry. Okay. But I kept yeah, it yeah, in NXT. I don't think I know Right, yeah. Well, uh, speaking of AEW, I want... Before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she did. Um, but actually, uh, speaking of AEW, I wanted to do a quick plug real quick for this weekend, if that's all right. Well, go, go ahead. Um, go ahead. Say, uh, it's plug time anyway, so the uh, floor is yours, guys. Plug away. Okay. Um, yeah, um, actually, I am, uh, you know, I'm a professional wrestling photographer. Um, you know, I travel to the East Coast. Um, actually, this Saturday, um, October 9th, um, PWF, or Patriotic Wrestling Federation, uh, we're going to be in Lake Wiley, South Carolina, um, nice. at Bethel Baptist Church. Um, uh, we're going to, uh, it's going to be Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. Oh, um, cool. We're uh, So we're going to actually have special guests 
uh, like I said, mentioned AEW. We're going to have AEW's Marcus Cross and Griff Garrison, you know, from AEW's Tag Team Varsity Blondes with uh, nice. Brian Pillman Jr. Um, we're going to have both of them. Um, and, uh, you know, all the proceeds, um, uh, you know, for the event, um, you know, we always do the 809 Foundation. Um, so they're going to be doing a $10, uh, yeah, $10 barbecue plates with all of those proceeds going to the 809. Um, you know, tickets are 10 bucks, kids are 5 bucks, uh, doors open at 5, and bell time's at 6. Awesome. Yeah, if you guys need to check it big... out this weekend. Mm-hmm. One last what if. What if Ricky okay. Steamboat turned heel? What if Ricky Steamboat had a villain run? Like you won. Ooh. It would, you know, it would have to be a really good story because that that'd be a tough one. Because the story that he, the story he told told us at a panel was he wanted to wear all black, go under a hood, and then eventually be unmasked. And I think that that would have been, I think Ricky Steamboat, had the, had the timing been right, I think him as the Black Scorpion would have been interesting. Yeah, I was thinking that when you were talking about the Black Scorpion, I I was thinking Steamboat would be perfect for that, you know, because he he was under a hood with Shane, you know, Shane Douglas. Can you imagine him with him and him and Sting at the time at Starcade Ooh, if yeah. he was to reveal <laughs> the Black Scorpion? That'd been hot. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, yeah. that was a real state. Any more plugs? Uh, actually, um, I've got I got three this week. Um, all right. Okay, uh, the YouTube channel for the WSC Lounge is back up and running. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the uh, the copyright claims that I got were were just claims that wasn't strikes, so I got all that mixed up. But anyway, the WSC awesome. Lounge YouTube channel is back up and running. You can subscribe to that. Uh, there's a few videos on there. Interview with Max Gale and uh, Joyce Guy are on there, and uh, Tom, Tom Dengora. Uh, there'll be there'll be other stuff added. There's also some other videos on there too that I've done. Um, also, go go and subscribe to my good friend, the Jamming Music Man's YouTube channel. Uh, he does all kind of uh, YouTube videos of different uh, different Blu-rays and DVDs he gets, and uh, different wrestling shows he attends and. Uh, different people he interviews and stuff like that. So it's Jamming Music Man on YouTube, and I think the show already describes it. That. And uh, also, I'm proud to announce the WSC Lounge will be returning this coming Sunday for a very special edition. I will be interviewing a young man, eight years old, named Max. Uh, Max is a big General Hospital fan. Also a big WWE SmackDown fan and a wrestling fan. He knows nice. every he knows every single winner from every Royal Rumble that's ever happened. Uh, he's he's a whiz kid, very smart, very intelligent. He'll be on the WSC Lounge on Instagram TV. Uh, 
3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Central Standard Time on uh, Sunday, this coming Sunday. And also, Max is also training at CWF in Texas, where A.J. Sow is trained. Uh, and he's training to be a wrestler, and he had his first wrestling match a couple weeks ago in a tag team match. So that was very interesting. I've seen it on YouTube. Uh, he's got his own YouTube channel as well. Uh, and I, I can't remember the name of the channel, but it's out there. It's actually shared the WSC Lounge group. For anybody out there interested in checking it out, um, you can click on the link there. Uh, there's also another WSA Lone show coming up. Uh, I don't know when it's going to be, though, but it is, it is supposed to be scheduled sometime next week. As I spoke to someone uh, the other day, said that she would reach out to me next week to get this person scheduled. Once that's done, then I'll be making an announcement for that show. So a lot a lot of uh, business has finally picked up with the WSC Lounge. So I'll be glad to be back on there. So all right, that's all I got. I, I got. I, I lied. I got one more. Bray Wyatt. Just what if Bray Wyatt? What if he beat Cena? What if he didn't uh, have that cell match with Seth Rollins? You know, what if he didn't lose to Goldberg in Saudi Arabia? Just what if Bray Wyatt? Because now he's hmm. probably likely going into AEW or Impact. So what if he? Beating Undertaker, the WrestleMania, just what if? So many Bray Wyatt like what ifs. I think mm-hmm. the, the biggest one for me was beating was if he had beaten Cena at WrestleMania 30, if he had uh, not had that Hell in Cell match with Seth Rollins, and, and so forth. Just so many what ifs to Bray Wyatt, but Wyatt family was the shield was great. Wyatt definitely had some good moments and bad moments, but. Now it's going to be uh, interesting to see what he does now. And I think um, another what if, uh, AEW-wise, what if Bray Wyatt becomes the new Exalted One? But if he if he is not the Exalted One, if he doesn't come in the Dark Order, uh, Jimmy Jacobs, that would be my big what if. What if Jimmy Jacobs goes to AEW and, and joins Dark Order and leads them? Like the uh, the age of the fall of Ring of Honor, because he's got that history of Brody Lee in that Ring mm-hmm. of Honor. So those are those are my last what ifs. But uh, plugs, just uh, you can find me on at Stellar Steven. Uh, I need to catch up on the New Japan G1 Climax because that's one of their big events of the of the year. So um, mm-hmm. thanks for having me on show and talking about all these what ifs in wrestling. Oh yes, thank you, thank you all. Matter of fact, uh, we're going. To, this is so good. We're going to continue to a part two of what if next week, because I, I feel like we can awesome. throw a lot more out there. Because we brought up a lot that, of good stuff here tonight. That, that's we can get, that's awesome. awesome. You know what I mean? So definitely, now, we'll continue this next week. Sure. Go ahead. I got a I got a question real quick, Stro. If that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Steve, now you brought you, you brought up Bray Wyatt. Now, I I, I want to ask y'all something. And this is not a well. This is kind of a what if, but it's kind of a question too, and it's concerning Bray Wyatt. Okay, I've heard a lot of 
different journalists out there, including Booker T and others, mentioned. And I agree with this. If Bray Wyatt was to actually sign with Impact Wrestling, as big as a merchandise seller he is, I think it would be a terrible career move for the sake that Impact is taped. They're not shown that that worldwide to a big audience like AEW is. Um, what are y'all's thoughts on that? I I think creatively, Bray Wyatt would be happy there. I, I think uh-huh. they would have given him a lot of leeway, like they did with Matt Hardy, where they did the whole final deletion stuff. It just mm-hmm. depends on the management. Like, if Scott Demore lets Bray Wyatt do what he wants, if, you know, if they bring in Braun Strowman, it just depends on how much creative freedom Bray Wyatt has, because he might be happy there, and, you know... Impact is working with AEW, so maybe he could work both, come into AEW at some points, but I think it's more likely he's going to get signed by AEW, but I'm sure Impact is really going to throw a lot of money at, at Bray Wyatt, so it'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens, but I think creatively he might have more leeway in, in Impact than he would at, at uh, AEW. Right. Personally, I would love to see a Wyatt reunion of some sorts with Bray, Strowman, and uh, Eric Rowan. Rowan, yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, yes. they did bring in Rowan for that, that Brody Lee tribute show, so you never know. It could happen. Strowman is working indies. I think he's like he's done a, a cinematic match with DC3, so I think yeah. either Impact or AEW will likely... Um, and get a Wyatt family reunion. I think it would be pretty great to see uh, the Wyatt family you know, reunite AEW with all the factions over there and have like AEW have like Wyatt family in Dark Order interact or or against other uh, and, factions over there. And, and I would love to see Wyatt, Bray Wyatt come back to his old look again. Like when you oh, yeah, the Cape the Fear look. Family. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that Cape Fear look, that Max Perry look. Um, I think he's going to have a new mask is what is what I think, because he's, he's posted pictures of, like, a like a new design. And it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see if Tom Sweeney, his team, works with Bray Wyatt again. But, yeah, that would be kind of cool if he goes back to his, his Wyatt family look. It just depends on the, the copyright legal issue, but that would be cool well, if he brought if, if back that have original white Something family. old and something new at the same time, like him, him right. coming back to the old great white, but at the same time to introduce something new, like a, a, mm-hmm. a new alter ego of his, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, because he's so creative, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think there's a lot of what-ifs that you can do with Bray Wyatt alone. I've been so just thinking, maybe we can get rid of Big Money Matt. <laughs> you know, put Bray and Matt back together. <laughs> that they could happen. Right maybe they could, they could interact on TV if they... Maybe Bray can bring Woken Matt Hardy back or Broken Matt Hardy back. And then yeah, just bring I, Jeff I over and bring Willow in, you know. That would be like tremendous. It. 
I, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy fight John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Well, that'd be good. That'd be good. Yeah, Bray's got history with Moxley, so that'd be getting right. interesting. Shoot, oh, that'd be exciting. But, but uh, yeah, we're definitely uh, continuing what ifs for next week. So, uh, bring your what if game back again for next week. This should be a lot of fun. And uh, uh, be good to yourselves and each other. Have a great rest of the week and weekend. You guys make the show as always. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listeners to listen in. List. If you want to catch your archives, go to VOCNation.com. Look for WCW Retro and What If. And we'll continue to What If Part 2 next week. And we'll leave out with some great mood here tonight. Uh, thank you, guys. Take care. God bless. Thank you. You too. God bless. Thank you. Take care.